0: Father, I pray that, uh, that you would bless your word. Your word never comes back to you void. It never comes back having not accomplished what it was sent to do. Today, Lord, we're asking for the supernatural manifestation through the Holy Spirit that this word is going to go into us, and it's not just going to be heard, it's going to be uh, exploding inside of us unto kingdom work, unto transformation, unto revelation, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going through Philippians right now, and uh, and as Jason said, if you've missed anything, go back and listen. The other thing that I would like to uh, to ask you to do is to read through Philippians. It's, it's four chapters, it's very short, but you're really going to get so much more out of this series if you'll take the time during the week just to read through Philippians. If you're already doing a different devotional, that's fine, stick with it, but just take at least once a week to read through Philippians, because you'd be amazed how when you put that in you, it's just cultivating, it's right there, and then as you come in on Sunday, you're going to be hearing more of it. Now, if you're not doing a devotional right now, I want to encourage you, let Philippians be where you're just camped out right now. Let's just camp out together in Philippians, and let's grow together, okay? I want to start by uh, just telling you a little bit about this letter, the way that it's laid out, and uh, it's, it's an interesting uh, and very cool poetic way that Paul, that Paul wrote Philippians, uh, most of the time when, when Paul writes, he 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 kind of writes like a lawyer. You know, he lays out a premise and then he just builds on it. He's very sequential. He's 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 flipping brilliant. He's Paul. Uh, but in this one he does it a little different. He's still brilliant, but he's more, he's, he's he, he did it a different way. What he did was he he took Philippians and he he essentially wrote several vignettes that all surround one big idea that's that's that's, that's spoken through a poem in the center of Philippians. And then all of these, these vignettes or these thoughts are the conclusions and, and, and the directives that Paul is speaking to the Philippians because of the truth of this centerpiece, which is this poem. And Jason read you half the poem last week, and I'm going to go ahead and, and, and uh, start at the beginning of the poem just because it's, it's kind of one continuous thought, and it's a brilliant and succinct uh, encapsulation of the work of Christ, so let's just uh, let's just dive right in um, and, and and look at this poem. One other piece I do want to say as we get into this too is I want you to keep in mind the gravity of this letter that that Paul is writing to the Philippians. As, as Jason pointed out uh, in in, the, in last week, he said, "Listen, this was Paul speaking to the Philippians," and. What we're looking at is that Paul knows that this might be the last time he gets to communicate to the Philippians. He's saying, listen, to live is, to live is, 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 is Christ, but, but to die is gain. You know, I might, I'm hoping I get to return to you, but I'm not sure if I will. So either way, here are some thoughts. I want you to catch this. This is from a man who was taken into the third heaven and told things and seen things in heaven that he said in other places I can't tell you about. God has given me revelation that is so great, I'm not even allowed to tell you about it. But here are the things I can tell you about. So this is, this is that man writing this letter to this community of believers in Philippi. And, and I just want you to receive it with the same gravity, because this is, this is Paul. He loves the Philippians. They are precious to his heart. They are beloved to him, and, and so he's weighing in his own mind, and, and he's ready to deliver this message. And, and, and it's with that, it's from that place that this great man is saying, Here is what I want you to hold on to. If this is the last letter you hear from me, these are the things I want you to think about. So I want you to receive it in that same way. Here we are, a community of believers in the incredible, extraordinary, catalytic, and kingdom idea launching metropolis of Junction City in this valley. Let's receive this. So let's begin here. This is, this is the beginning of the poem. And the, and the first thing I want to point out to you is this. To act divinely is to humble yourself and serve. To act like God. Who is divine? God, only God. But to act like God is to humble yourself and serve. And he begins with this, Philippians 2, 5-11. Uh, through 11. Have this attitude in yourselves which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, he didn't regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, and taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Now, Paul is writing poetically, and Paul is a brilliant Brilliant theologian, God has revealed to him what the scriptures and the, prof- and the the law and the prophets were speaking of about Christ, and Paul has had revelation upon revelation upon revelation. He's also met with the uh, with the other apostles. He's got kingdom, uh, Holy Spirit insight, and he's preaching to them about the big picture, and he's and he's distilling it down into this poem, and he's saying, okay, I. I want you to catch this, Philippians. I want you to grab a hold of this, Philippians. If there's one thing that I want you to hold on to, if you don't see me again, then please remember this, Philippians. Have this attitude in yourselves that was also in Christ Jesus. I want you to, Philippians, I want you to have the same attitude that Christ had. Because although he existed in the form of God, he didn't make it all about him. He didn't make it all about what he could get out of the deal. In other words, Jesus didn't spend a lot of time working on his own personal salvation, he didn't spend a lot of time thinking about his own personal destiny and his own personal Facebook page. He didn't check and spend a lot of time working on making sure that he's getting his. And that other people are making sure he gets his. But rather, he humbled himself and became a servant. And he says, Philippians, I want you to have the same attitude. I don't want you to think that what you're called to do on this earth. Now the Philippians are like us, guys. They're spirit-filled, obedient, amazing people who are sticking with Paul, by the way. These guys aren't like, they're not out there blowing it on every level. They've, They've had a similar experience as us, okay? They've been filled with the Holy Spirit. They've been following God to the best of their ability. They have a revelation of what Christ has done. Paul is coming back and saying, listen, I'm reminding you about what you already know. And since I may not see you again, I want you to remember this. I want you to have the same attitude as Christ. Because Christ didn't think that equality with God was something to be grasped. Who's he talking about right there? Well, I'll tell you who he's talking about. Adam is talking, I mean, uh, Paul is talking about Adam and Eve. When the enemy came and accused God, essentially, of being unfair... Eve, you're not getting the same same, uh, opportunities that that Adam is. Hey, Adam, you're not getting the same opportunities that God has. You know what? God doesn't actually want you to be like him. In fact, equality with God is something you're going to need to do on your own. Why should you trust that he's good? I tell you what, why don't you just grasp that fruit? From the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Why don't you just go out there and make a way for yourself? Why don't you just go out there and let the world know that you are you. And they need to know who you are. And they did. And they grasped it. And that was the accusation. And Paul's speaking to that. And he's saying, this is not how Christ did it. Now let me unpack that idea for a moment. Let me unpack this idea for a moment because this is a beautiful poem that actually lays out the goodness of what God accomplished in that moment. So where did it all go wrong? It all went wrong when mankind stepped back from the authority of what they had been given to cultivate God's kingdom on earth. And when Adam and Eve decided that you could grasp Equality with God that you could take it. I'm going to take that. I'm going to make that my own. And in that moment, you know what happened? They lost the right to extend the kingdom because the kingdom isn't about you taking stuff. The kingdom isn't about you and I making it our way. Let me show you my way. Let me show you what I'm going to do. I need to make sure that I got my ministry going on. You see, we, we, he's warning the Philippians, it's not about you and your ministry. My ministry. My ministry. It's about Jesus. It's not something to be grasped. It's not something for you to go make happen. It's not about you (laughs) doing something the right way long enough to get what you want. That's just a trade. That's not what it is. He says, no, have the same attitude as Christ. Equality with God isn't something to be grasped. It's something that God gives. See, when Adam and Eve did this, I want you to catch this. When Adam and Eve did this, They lost the authority to extend God's kingdom because what they were doing in that moment wasn't extending his kingdom. They were extending a different kingdom. They were extending the kingdom of self in that moment. Satan came in, took the authority. And he began to culminate, culminate, cultivate something else. A kingdom of selfishness and self-promotion and pride and self-identification. You start to get the picture, don't you? I'd like to identify As captain me, all about me, see me, understand me. I'll teach you the rules to be around me kind of kingdom. That's not the kingdom. And he's speaking to the Philippians and he's saying, this self-promoting thing is not what Jesus showed. You have to have the same attitude of Christ. And what did Christ do? Well, it's beautiful what he did. It's absolutely beautiful. Christ showed us exactly what the Father is actually like. And the way that he did it is laid out here. That though he existed with God, rather than grasping that and and leveraging that, what he did was he emptied himself of all leverage and became the servant of all. Let me, let me read you a, a really beautiful quote here from N.T. Wright. The decision to become human and to go all the way along the road of obedience. Obedience to the divine plan of salvation. Yes, all the way to the cross. This decision was not a decision to stop being divine. It was a decision about what it really meant to be divine. Divine. As you look at the incarnate Son of God dying on the cross, the most powerful thought you should think is, this is the true meaning of who God is. He is the God of self-giving love. You see, Christ is the servant of all, which is why his name is honored above all names. He is the most like God, Because he is God, and in being God, he showed us what it looks like to be divine. It looks like becoming everyone's servant under the purposes of the Father. That's an amazing thought, isn't it? So, I want you to think about this, beloved. That means that we are most like God when we deny ourselves... Stop thinking about ourselves, which is very safe to do because the one who's servant of all is thinking about us. So we don't need anybody else thinking about us because he's thinking about us. That needs to be enough for us. And then we pivot and we begin to serve all. Because you are never more like Christ than when you serve, and you are never more like Satan. Than when you seek to be served. Ouch. You see, self-promotion is from the devil. Your personal ministry can be right on the line of self-promotion. It's just a matter of whether or not you remember to have the same attitude as Christ or not. There's some words that are going to be used here a little bit later, and they involve fear and trembling. Why? Because you are on a razor-sharp line between self-promotion and God promoting you. And the difference is whether or not you have the attitude of Christ. I'm just really waiting around for the Lord to promote me into my destiny. I just know that He's chosen me for really, really great things. Beloved, the kingdom is very different than the kingdom of this earth. The first will be last, and the last will be first. For those of you that have had the pleasure of watching Clark the Herald Angel sings, there's a beautiful scene. I love it. It's got a great line. There's a beautiful scene where they say, do you know who, and I can't remember the name. What was the name of the girl in India? Yeah, exactly. Nobody knows the name. It's like, it's a great Indian name, an ethnic Indian name. And, and, and he says, hey, who's the, who's the greatest down here? Who's the most famous in heaven? And they say, it's this name, which I won't try to make up an Indian name. What is it? This is important. It's on the there you go, Omnion Punjabi, right? You've all heard of her. And everybody in heaven goes, oh, of course. Yeah, she's awesome. And they go, yeah, nobody down there knows who she is. And then the follow-up is some people are famous on earth just because a lot of people know who they are. That's the kingdom of self. That's the kingdom of self-promotion. Oh, good. A lot of people know who you are. You're of no use to the Lord. But, boy, a lot of people know who you are. You have your reward. No, we're not called to that. We're called to greater things. He's saying Philippians, he's saying, Christ center, let's extend it to us. Let's hear it as. Let's be Philippians today. We won't do that. We won't call it Christ center, but y'all are Philippians today. All right? Have the same attitude of Christ and become a servant of all. Do you wanna know? Do you how many of you, if I said, do you wanna be, do you wanna be like God? Do you? Do you wanna act like anyway? It gets scary, right? If I say Christ like you're like, that's safe. If you're saying, God, am I gonna get rebuked? Okay. I mean it this way. Do you want to act like your father? Then become a servant of all. You are never acting more like your father than when you become a servant of all. And that's what Paul's saying. Have the same attitude as Christ who came and defeated the accusations, the attacks of the enemy by demonstrating what he is like. And here's what's amazing. I, I love this about the kingdom. Did you know, you, guys, we are part of the best religion. Just say it. Be like, part of the best religion. Just put it up there. I, you are. Here's what's so beautiful about the religion of which you are a part. Talk about the good kind. You're part of a good religion. Do you know religion is not a bad word? Let's just redeem it a little bit. You're part of a good religion. Here's what's beautiful about the religion whose author is Jesus Christ. What we believe and what we do are exactly the same. it's 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 so elegant in its simplicity i love it he says just look at jesus what did he do do likewise i want you to be the servant of all amen Do you feel like you got it because i got lots more on this but i have some other points to make does anybody need more on this when are you most like god You see, there's something that's happened in the church right now. And it's okay for us to, it's okay, for, I'm going I'm to speak to this for just a moment. It's okay for us to calibrate, beloved. When we catch a revelation, the enemy works really hard to try to retard it. And what he does, there's a, there's a great phrase out there that extremism, all extremism is from the devil. This is a good truth. It really is. He's always trying to get us to be super extreme. Okay, there's a reality that there was a time when the enemy tried to use legalism to suck the life out of the bride of Christ and in a lot of ways he was able to do it so then we got a revelation of the grace and the identity of who we are in God and that he's completing the good work in us and we're like whoa and so we just and he's like yeah yeah that's fine no problem just let it keep swinging like you you just need to be available like you do you 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 got grace baby you just need to be available in case the lord has a special really important assignment for you you need to be not committed to anything so that you can make sure and be instant in season and out of season for that that thing that might come up so don't get tied down also you're important and you're going to be doing big things for the kingdom so don't get tied down with this minuscule stuff that'll muck you up your grace baby grace you're like i really feel like i should help no don't help that's not it the lord wants you to be available oh that's good Mm, that's good and here we are all available Just available in it up. (laughs) Netflix is making a killing with our lives. We got lots of time for binging Netflix because we're available for Jesus. You see what I'm doing here? You see what I'm saying? But the truth is the word actually says and shows that we're never more like Christ than when we're serving God by serving the community of believers first and then serving the world not the devil world, the people, so that they would be saved. Are you with me? So I'm just going to go ahead and say this. The math is there, but I'm going to say it. If you're not serving, (laughs) fill in the blanks. Amen? I'm not talking about what Jesus did. He already served you. His part is done. Let me, make it, let me make it clear. Jesus' part is done. He saved you. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Christ Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. Why? Because he served you in that way. Through his death and resurrection, you have been made right with God. Now the question is, <laughs> you just won a million dollars. What are you going to do? I'm going to become the servant of all. That's the answer. See, that's the rub. That's the part where we go, I don't want to start earning my salvation. Beloved, no one is accusing you of that. No one is accusing you of that. God's not worried that you'll earn your salvation. (laughs) Jesus, that was funny, right? That was awesome. You and I. You must take the same attitude as Christ. So, so Paul is speaking to us Philippians and he's saying, listen, guys, I might be with the Lord soon. I need you to hold on to this. You must be a servant of all. If the thing that I've given my life for is going to have any fruit, if you want me to rejoice with you, beloved, remember this. Become a servant of all because that's what Christ did. That's your demonstration. And in doing that, there's some layers to this, but in doing that, do you realize, do you realize that the enemy was completely defeated? Because God showed that he's not withholding anything from us. He actually wants us to be like him. He wants us to be just like him. And then he told us what it looks like by showing us what it looks like because he did it. And God was in Christ reconciling the world through serving us. He put a towel around his waist. And he told the disciples, the greatest among you, the one that wants to be greatest, by the way, I'm proud of you for wanting to be. You notice he didn't rebuke him? Oh, that's what I'm talking about, baby. You were born for greatness. Let daddy show you how it works. (laughs) Become the servant of all. I want you to be like my dad. My dad wants you to be like him. He's not withholding anything. He, 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 just, he put it right there. And all he wants you to do is do it. So let's get down on what that might look like. So he continues. He continues. For this reason, because he did this, for this reason also, God highly exalted him. And he bestowed on him the name which is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now this is so beautiful. I could preach a whole other sermon but I'm just going to say this. The the Lord is so good, the devil's like, God doesn't want to share his identity with anyone. God doesn't want anyone to be with him or like him. And so you have to do that on your own. You're gonna have to go after it on your own. You're gonna have to figure out your career on your own. You're gonna have to build houses on your own. You're gonna have to figure out your ministry on your own. You're gonna have to go find a church that you can build on your own so that people will recognize how you are gonna be on your own. All that, right? God comes in and does this. I'm the father. I'm the boss of everything. My son served all. I asked him if he would, and he chose to do it. And because he did that, I'm promoting him. Sorry, you're looking at this one. I'm promoting him that Christ Jesus, the Lord, that every tongue will confess. He put it, I'm sorry, top one right here. For this reason also, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name, which is above every name, the one who became the servant of all, God promoted above everyone else for his own glory. In Christ, he actually just showed that Satan's accusation was 100% unfounded. He promoted Jesus' name above all names and said, no one gets to me except through this man, Jesus Christ, my son, in whom I am well pleased. He will be spoken of. He's the only door. I won't even let you come to me unless you come through him. That's how promoted he is. How you like that, devil? Hey, you like those apples? <laughs> huh? And then he says this. Here's the other part, right? Here's where we come in. Jesus comes in and goes, I'm the firstborn of many. He just keeps, it just keeps multiplying. Oh, really, devil? God's keeping the cookies where we can't get them? Doesn't like us to be on the team? Doesn't want to tell us stuff? Jesus shows up and goes, uh, you're my friends. I tell you all things. By the way, I'm the firstborn of many. You're the many. Oh, also, I have to go to the Father. I've been promoted to go to the Father, but here's the deal. I have to go to the Father, and I want you guys to keep extending the kingdom on my behalf by acting like me, by serving all. But, catch this, you'll do greater things than I ever did. (laughs) Right? Right? So Paul is telling us, think on these things. Here is what it is all about. And he goes, so then. So then. This is true. Dad is awesome. Cookies on the shelf where you can get them. You are to be a servant of all if you want to be like him, and you're called to be like him. Since that's true, and it is, so then, so then, how do, how, do you, how do we do this? How do we do this? Don't you love that what we believe and what we do are the same thing? Well, let's break it down. So then, my beloved, just as you've always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Many of us have heard this scripture out of context as like the finished work of Christ. Work out your own ability to get into heaven with fear and trembling. Work out your own personal salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, you're like thinking a naughty thought. Jesus comes. It's like, sorry. (laughs) Look at the draw. That is not what this scripture is. This scripture is in the context of a letter that's written to the Philippians which is a community of believers. It's a church in a place. This is not a personal salvation message. In fact, let me just show you a couple of words here I'm going to dig in. Uh, I'm going to skip that. So then my beloved, just as you always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out. That work out Oh man, Carter Gazama, 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 Gazamo, go look it up. means to perform, accomplish and achieve. That word, he's saying, is, "I want you. To do these things, and the context of this letter, again, is not to one person, it's to a community. I want you to do these things, okay? And then we go to your salvation. We're like, okay, but how's that work? Well, this word salvation is soteria. Soteria, there we go. And it is deliverance, preservation, and safety. So he's saying, so then, because Christ did all of these things that we just read about, okay, okay? They're already believers. Because he's accomplished this in you, because you've inherited salvation. Say, inherited salvation. Okay, you've inherited that. That's what Jesus did for you. He was the servant of all, all the way to the cross, right? We just heard the gospel in the poem. He's the servant of all and saved you. You received salvation as a free gift. You've become a son and a daughter. You inherited it. You didn't earn it. So this isn't about earning it. This is about now being with God, doing what God's doing. And in the context of community, he says this, so then... I want you, as always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, perform and accomplish and achieve the deliverance and preservation and safety of the community which I've called you that's been saved by grace. You catch that? I want you to do the stuff that preserves the community of which you're a part so that people look at your community and go, Jesus is certainly among you. you got to do those things, though. You can't just know about them. I really love Jesus because he tells me to forgive people. And that's good. It means nothing. That means nothing. Until you forgive people. That's where the power is. It's perfectly human and normal to walk away from relationships when things get hard. That's what everybody does. That's totally natural. You're supernatural. You're to be like Jesus. When people get to hurt in you, you get to wash in their feet. You See what I'm saying? And he's saying, because these things are true, and because Jesus is the servant of all, you are to be working to serve the community of which you're a part, which is the community of Christ, to preserve it, to make sure that there's a community when I come. Because the community is the testimony of Christ in the earth. You see, this Message is a community message. That's what you got to catch here. Number one, if you want to be like God, you have to serve. You are most divine when you are serving. It's okay for you to be like God. He wants you to be like Him. How do they know you're like God? Because you're serving. Do you serve so you can be saved? No, you serve because you are saved. So who do you serve? You serve God. Well, how do you serve God? By serving with the community. By serving the community. And then the community serves the cities. The least of these. Are you seeing that? It's beautiful. It's brilliant. So he's saying, I want you to continue to do these things. So then, because this is true, we are together to be servants of all. One another and then our cities. And then we're looking like Christ. And then, as we do this, this causes us, let's just keep going, So how do we do this? Let's go to this. How do we do this? Sorry. (laughs) This causes people to see the testimony of Jesus Christ when we do this. Jesus said something similar. Let me just point this out as we go to this next point. Jesus said something similar. He said, they will see your love one for another and believe that my father sent me. He actually put the weight of the proof of his ability to transform us from death into life, from sinners into saints, from scumbags into sweethearts, on how we love each other, to show a different kind of kingdom in the community of which we're a part. And that's what this is what Paul is saying here. It's the exact same thing. Now, that sounds great, right? That sounds great. Until you sit down and somebody hurts your feelings. Now, I'm not going to make light over us getting our feelings hurt. The truth is, we do need God's help, okay? You're not that fragile, all right? But here's the thing. Relational pain is the worst kind of pain. Jesus Christ understands relational pain. The Father understands relational pain. He gave his own life because of a breach in relationship. So relational pain is a real thing. So me making fun of relational pain is not going to help you. Okay, so I'm not making light of that. I'm saying it's the most excruciating kind. And if it weren't for the fact that we're the redeemed of God, there'd be no hope for us to actually go through the the work to see that thing healed. But that's the supernatural part of who we are as a community. And Paul's speaking that to us, Philippians. It's only possible, he says this, through the Holy Spirit. So let me show you this. Why Why would we be willing... Why would we be willing to become the servant of all? We wouldn't. We wouldn't. We wouldn't unless we were born again. And then we're born again and some things start happening. We are now a new creation. Old things have passed away. New things have come. It is no longer I that live but Christ in me. I now have the mind of Christ. What's the mind of Christ? Servant of all. I wonder what it is. Servant of all. (laughs) What's God's will? Serve everybody in the community. But how does he want me to do it? Open up your eyes. What needs done. But you won't be willing to do that. I won't be. We will not be willing to do that unless the Holy Spirit is working in us. And that's what he says right here. He says this. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Guys, this is such great news for us. Us? For us. Us. This is great news for us. That if you're not feeling it right now, all right? I'm not going to make you raise your hand. I'm just not feeling it right now. It's like, I, I do a lot during the week. And so, like, the idea of, like, serving the community, of believers, I'm like, I just need to receive right now. I came to be served. (laughs) Jesus didn't. Ouch. Ouch. But, come on. I served for like a lot of years, and I got hurt. So, kind of stepping back now for a while. Okay, but it's been three years now. Amen? Say out your amen. <laughs> maybe both. Because <laughs> we're called to do this. Now, maybe you're in that place right now. I don't want to be playful to the point of hurting feelings unnecessarily. I will hurt your feelings, but only when necessary. Hopefully. <laughs> Many of you will have an opportunity to come serve the community by telling me that I have to repent to you, and I'll do that. Um, here's the good news. God Wants you to invite him to begin to will and to work again. He wants you to say yes to him. And he will give you a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, the energy of God. That, that word work, energio, energio, to operate, to be at work, to put forth power. He wants to put forth power in you to be able to put forth power in the community. And that word thalo, that's will, and I, and I love it. I went ahead and gave you kind of the, the first two lines of what, how this word can be used, and I believe in the context of where it's used here, of loving one another, if there's any love for one another, have the same mind of Christ. This is ab- absolutely contextual and applicable to use this. To have in mind, to intend to be resolved or determined, to purpose, to desire, to wish, to love. It is the Holy Spirit that's working in you to cause you to actually love other people more than your own desire to be served, more than your own desire to make something of yourself. Because, beloved, Christ has already made something of you. You can't add to that. You inherited your daughtership and your sonship. There's nothing to add to that. What we're doing now is getting in the truck with dad and saying, what are you doing today, dad? Oh, well, I'm driving over here to serve your brother and sister over here. Awesome. And he looks at him and he goes, I'm proud of you. You know, you, you remind me of your big brother, Jesus. He's just a chip off the old block right there. Come on, let's go serve. Let's go serve. So if you've found yourself in a place where the enemy has blinded your eyes and he has caused you, whether it's through offense, whether it's through apathy, whether it's the cares of this world, it doesn't matter what it is. The enemy's perfectly happy with whatever it is. But today, Holy Spirit is waking you up and reminding you that you only look like Jesus when you're living a lifestyle of serving. And if you're not living a lifestyle of serving and you're just building your own kingdom and your own purposes and your own uh, your own appetites and your own uh, enjoyments, and you've forgotten this other part—that it's time to get back to the kingdom. You're not—you're not acting. You're not with Dad right now. He's with you, but you're not with him. You were made to look just like Jesus, and that's the call. That's what—that's what Paul is saying to the Philippians, beloved. I want you to make my joy complete, complete by doing these things. In fact, I'll, uh, I'll move forward right now. He says, uh, oh, this is uh, the Amplified. I will read this to you because I liked how they put this together. It, for it is not your strength, but it is God who's effectively at work in you, both to will and to work. That is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure, which is to be a servant of all. Amen. So it's okay to go, Lord, I've dug deep, and the truth is, it ain't there. (laughs) I have zero desire. I see that they need children's ministry workers. I just don't care enough to do anything about it. It's too hard. I know that we're not always able to find seats for people and help. It's just that I kind of am here for me right now. Lord, I know there are places to serve in my city, but... It's just that I'm so busy with my own kingdom. Do you understand, Father? Ouch. So in that moment then we repent, just like the Philippians, and we say, Lord, restore my first love. Lord, work in me then the will and the ability to do your good pleasure. Beloved, remember this. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. He's not going to crush you. This isn't you don't become a workaholic. He gives you a Sabbath. He invented the Sabbath. He invented it, guys. You know the irony is that we're more tired when we're committed to our own kingdom than if we're committed to his. Because our own kingdom is insatiable and can never be filled. But God's has rest and rhythm and beauty and purpose, and best of all, it has him. And Paul's telling us that. Keep this attitude that Christ had. But this is only possible through the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I don't do anything apart from what I see my father doing. And he was empowered by the Holy Spirit to do it. We get the same access. We have the same spirit. So what's the conclusion then? What does this look like? Here's Paul writing this letter, commending his beloved friends, this church that he's planted in Philippi. He may never see them again. He lays this beauty of who God is. He shares these things, and then he concludes, and he says this. Oops. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. (laughs) Don't you love how practical Paul is? He goes from this epic poem that summarizes the purpose and reconciliation of all things. And then he turns around and goes, okay, just in case you're getting cute in your heart right now, what it looks like is this. Do all things without whining about it. Quit finding reasons to fight with each other over stuff. (laughs) So that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you appear as lights in the world. Isn't it great to be around people that are always encouraging each other? Isn't it amazing when you ask somebody to do something, they go, oh, absolutely, no problem. Hey, by the way, before I do it, do you want me to do it this way or did you want me to do it that way? And you're like, there's a reason why they brotherly kiss, right? It's when people are acting like this, you want to greet each other with a brotherly kiss. You're like, you make my world awesome. You're like arguing with who's going to wash whose feet first. And the world looks at us and goes, I think you're a bunch of freaks, don't get me wrong, but I want to go there. You have something that I don't even... What's up with this no complaining thing? Come on, right? That is supernatural. That is supernatural. Among whom you appear as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that in the day of Christ I will have reason to glory because I didn't run in vain nor toil in vain. In other words, Paul says, if you guys aren't whining and fighting, and breaking up with each other all the time, then I will know that my life was worth living on this earth. (laughs) That's it. That's it. And, and And he finishes with this. He says, but even if I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and service of your faith. So he's saying, I'm confident that you're not going to be grumbling and complaining about each other and about God and about his purposes and trying to grasp your own destiny by leaving the community and doing your own thing. That was all in the previous part, right? Pulling in an Adam and Eve. I'll just build my own kingdom. I don't need this community of believers. They hurt my feelings. I'm going to go do it on my own. Well, you're no longer a light. You're no longer peculiar. You don't draw any curiosity. You look just like the rest of the broken world. But he's saying... Listen, I have confidence, he goes, even if I'm being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and service of your faith. I'm confident that my life is being poured out on the sacrifice and service of your faith. I rejoice and share my joy with you. And you too, I urge you, rejoice in the same way and share your joy with me. Why? Because I have confidence, beloved, that you'll live this way. So, beloved Philippians, huh? Let's live this way. Here's your homework. Read Philippians. Ask for the Father. Lord, like you know, I mean, I've been preaching the word. It's happening inside of you. But you know if you've lost the will to be a servant of all. You know if it's become about your kingdom. You know, you know if you've stopped honoring him with the first fruits of your finances. When, why did that happen? What happened there? Oh, I have other things I do, Lord. Well, take that to the Lord. That's weird. Why don't you have a desire to honor him with your first fruits? It's all throughout the scripture. Why is it different for you? If you're not giving him the first fruits of your time, wh- wh- why'd that happen? Lord, would you change that in me? I don't even have a will to do that. I actually like just avoiding people at this point. <laughs> I do my own thing and it feels great. That's a problem. I'm willing to be willing, Lord. <laughs> and he's, you know what he's going to do? He's going to give you some things to do because he wants you to join him in what he's doing. Not so that you'll be saved, but because you are. May the Lord bless you.